Welcome to Generation Tech, the podcast that is better late than never. <laughs> Hope you yeah. didn't miss us too much. We uh, we took a, a two-week off, uh, sort of not intended, actually. We had kind of planned to record, but then we said, well, we'll skip a week. And then uh, then we had a little bout with COVID that kind of put us off for another week. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, while I was out visiting you, um, you came down with COVID. So... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, came out on the other end okay, so that's good. That's the important thing, right? Yeah, well, except that yesterday, as Haley called, and I answered her mom's phone, and she says, Dad, you're sick. And when when you called me this morning, you said, hey... You, you don't you don't sound good. <laughs> yeah, your your voice is definitely uh, sounds a little gravelly. So um, yeah. So anyway, anyway, my voice voice do- dropped about an octave yesterday morning and uh-huh. stayed pretty much stayed there. But I feel fine. Although this morning when I got up, I thought, well, not, not so fine. I didn't mm-hmm. get up until maybe a half hour ago. Yeah. Anyway. So, well, you know, maybe uh, the because you were weakened with the COVID, because you seemed to feel fine then, you know. I mean, once you finished your, your round of antivirals, yeah, that, that maybe then you kind of caught, a, you know, just a cold cold. Well, the thing is, is that I was I went to a, a funeral yesterday, and uh, I was out amongst in, uh, lots of people, you know. So I could have yeah. picked up a bug there, but, you know. Bunch of infected. Yeah. But anyway, it's a... If it's anything bad, you know, I don't know whether to call Heidi and say, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, stay away." I don't know if you want to be around me or not, but I don't yeah. know what I'd have. You yeah, know? well, I mean, you know, it's not un—I mean, it's not impossible to catch COVID a second time, you know, or a, sac- a different strain of it. If you've got the test, you should probably just do one just for grins, you know. I mean, at least you can cancel. In likelihood, it's not. And so you can, you know, mark that one off the list and say, well, I've either got a cold or, you know, if you don't have a fever, it's probably not the flu. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, yeah. you know, rest up, feel better. Anyway, I didn't have a fever. I took that. Then then I take the the usual, the Tylenol. Tylenol. Yeah. I was going to say Edville, but yeah, I guess that's yeah. You guys usually take Tylenol. Yep. So yeah, you know, such is such is life in a in the medical Mm -hmm. tech technical world, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we've got a few interesting things to to that's been kind of in the news. With uh, yeah, we got a few things bubbling up. We got a few things. Oh, first of all, let's back up a little bit. Over the course of dealing with uh, COVID, you got a little bit of of uh, not computer technology, but just some technology. Um, uh, a separate pulse oximeter we ordered from Amazon, inexpensive, yeah. and uh, and the reason was is because we know that it's on the. Uh, Apple watches if you have a certain year of Apple watch yeah. but but uh you know uh mom was also infected and she didn't have that version of Apple watch so we figured well rather than upgrade her Apple watch I tried to get you to upgrade her Apple watch but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she's perfectly happy with it a $300 or plus upgrade is probably not warranted so you know like a $20 pulse ox reader uh yeah. Which you know was nice. You tested it. Anyway, and you said it's fine, and you haven't anyway, touched it for since. People who don't recognize the term—that's the little clip they put on your finger that 
Oh yeah, we, in hospitals. Yeah, it's the little clippy yeah. thing that checks it checks your pulse and then the oxygen level in your bloodstream. And one of the things that they want to monitor when you have uh, an illness, specifically uh, one like COVID that is a respiratory illness, is that you're getting enough oxygen in your bloodstream. And so um, if that dips, then that's an indicator something's wrong and you need to go to the hospital. And so, uh, you know, you keep an eye on it. And we used it a couple times and everything was fine. But uh, yeah. And then the other thing you got is something that I'm a big believer in. I've actually got one, a small version of it sitting here right next to me, and I've got them in my office, and that is a Coway, C-O-W-A-Y, uh, air filter, a HEPA air, air filter. Yeah, I had uh, read about those things a long time ago, but hadn't mm-hmm. even considered one. Yeah. But then, then I read it again, and I says, man, for somebody, you know, with COVID and all that going yeah. around, yeah. Uh, For an airborne virus that, you know, a HEPA filter takes a lot of the viral particles and the, the little, the, the viral particles are floating around inside little bits of your, uh, exhaled air that has droplets of, of, of moisture. And so that floats around the room and can be in the room for up to an hour after you leave. And so the, the filter takes that stuff back out of the air and, uh, cuts down on the amount of, of free floating viral and, well, you know, and anything yeah. else that's in your exhaled air, you know, whatever cold you might have or bacteria or whatever. Well, anyway, uh, the, the reason I got it was that since you were visiting and we were trying to be separated and not spread the, 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 yeah. the virus, uh, since both mom and I had it, we stayed in one room and, uh, and put that in there so that anything that we breathed out got sucked in and filtered out before yeah. you. Uh, Todd, Todd was kind of our, our nurse for a yeah. week. <laughs> I would put a mask on and bring in food and drink and whatever else they needed. And yeah, I figured if we could uh, keep him from getting the germ before he left and, and, yeah. and he, and, and it worked out. Yeah, so. it did. You did. Well, and, and the flip side of that, too, is it also cuts down on uh, any odors and uh, it also cuts down on dust in your room. So you, there's less dust on your on your countertops and stuff like yeah. that. And, and you figure less dust in the air. That's all stuff that you're breathing in, too. So, you know, I mean, uh, humans weren't necessarily designed to live in big wooden boxes. You know, we were we were. Uh, Outside, and if we're inside, it was in natural enclosures that were usually like rocks and caves, right? Yeah. So, uh, with lots um, of good bat dust and whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Breathe in the bat guano, right? But, yeah. uh, anyhow, it's, um, you know, it just, it, it cleans up the air that you're breathing. I'm, I, like I said, I'm a believer in these things. I've got a, a couple of them. I've got, uh, you know, I, I have hay fever type allergies too, and it really helps cut down on a lot of that for me. So I know it's, it's taking stuff out of the air because because I know when the uh, when the filter gets dirty or when I have to shut it off because I'm out of filters and have to buy a new one. Um, and these are really well regarded ones, the Coway ones, you know, and the, the like the filter for the one you get. You only have to replace it once every six months, and it beeps and tells you it's time to replace it. So I think it's got like a charcoal filter that you replace every three months, and then a uh, uh, yeah. the HEP, but the HEPA filters once every six months, and. Uh, you know, that's not bad. You know, that reminds you that's the time of year to go and uh, change your, the filters on your heating and air conditioning systems and stuff, too. So, yeah, um, just an- another thing to beep at us, you know, pretty, exactly. soon we're, pretty soon we're the servants of all the electronics. Yeah, yeah. It's like, 
what are you doing today? I don't know. Let me check my electronic leash and see what it tells me, <laughs> which is honestly my answer most of the time. It's like, well, I don't know. Let me look at the calendar. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, today, uh, who knows? <laughs> so, anywho. Uh, so, yeah, by the way, today is the first quarter moon. And we record Generation Tech at approximately 8 p.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Like, oh. It also helps if you can read. Yeah. And I say approximately because we got started a little late today. But uh, anyhow, you know, some interesting tech there. And it, it was successful in that I didn't get COVID. So, you know, I don't know which which it, which part of that uh, – <laughs> You know, what was more effective there, or maybe it was just the combination of that I had the most recent vaccination booster. I, we wore masks when we tried, when we interacted. We had an air filter. I figure all of it helps a little bit, right? And both mom and I got a prescription right away from our oh, doctors. Yeah, to get the, the uh, Paxlovid. Paxlovid. Right, the antiviral. So. And, so, and, and, you know, kudos to that stuff, too, because although it puts a nasty taste in your mouth, apparently I've read it says like 28 percent of the people get that nasty taste. Every single person I've talked to. So I must magically know the entire 28 percent because everybody I talk to says that stuff just puts that horrible metal taste in your mouth. Yeah, that, but, that, mo- that motivates you to get through that in a hurry. It does, you know, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it it's, you know, you started feeling better. I mean, you know, within 12 hours. I mean, I think that. You know, in fact, I was a little concerned that you guys were going to feel so good that you were going to go like, ah, we're fine, you know. (laughs) But I think, like you said, you guys were concerned that you were going to, you know, get me sick. And then I had to get back on an airplane and didn't want to mess that up. And and so you were, you know, uh, but, you know, the whole course of it, it's like antibiotics. You know, they tell you, make sure you run the whole course of it, because otherwise you're you're just teaching the thing you're trying to kill off how to, uh, you know, you've killed off the weak ones and the strong ones remain. Right. And so that's, that can be dangerous, but, uh, yeah, that stuff, uh, Paxlovid seems to do a real good job. I had a, you know, last year, Christmas time, I I had gotten COVID and I had similar experience in that the Paxlovid, um, took me from, from, you know, feeling a little tired and kind of little, you know, cruddy, not, not major symptoms, but just not, but to feeling great. And then it was like, huh, now I'm tired of being cooped up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was the, by far the worst of it. Especially yeah. Since you were here. And yeah. Fortunately, we had a, almost a week before. Yeah, we did. It wasn't like we didn't have some time together, you know, and, and that was sort of time together. It wasn't how we intended to spend it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when I had gotten sick the year before, it was almost exact reverse too, because my daughter was visiting, my older daughter Jensen was visiting and, uh, uh, same thing. I, I made sure I stayed in that back room and, and cause I didn't want to yeah. get her sick cause I knew she had to, you know, fly back up to home and, and, uh, yeah. and, um, and had to, you know, go back to work, and I just didn't—I didn't want her to have to deal with that because I was careless, and so I made sure I wasn't. Plus, you never know, you know, you don't—you you never know who's going to be that person that it affects really badly, right? And so, That's right. you know, yeah. imagine how bad you would feel if you get it—you know—you you were, you know, casual about your infection and then got somebody, you know, deathly ill. Well, um, I was—I was frankly expecting something much worse than what happened, and it really was piece of cake i'd have to say yeah you know? yeah it was you know for both you guys it was pretty uh pretty mild about as mild as you could hope for i and, think and, <laughs> and, and, and and we're in the uh, crowd that's you know the big bigger concern because of right. our age right so. yeah so yeah. yep yep you never know you never know so 
How about some some actual tech type stuff? Apparently, uh, 3D content is starting to show up in the Apple TV app ahead of the Apple Vision Pro launch, and you can tell if the what you're watching is available in 3D because it puts a picture of like a little Vision Pro type goggle type thing up on you know sort of where they talk about whether it's Dolby Atmos and and uh, you know what how it's the recorded right yeah and so um yeah i haven't i haven't gone poking around to see if they're i had seen the little icon and i did see it um on one thing anyway there's according to the article right at that point that it was written it it was uh just a few 3d movies and stuff like that right yeah these are movies that are are already um uh you know, already were available in theaters in uh, in 3D. Yeah, so. and so it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I thought I would uh, real quickly just check and see if, um, like, I've got Avatar here. So let's just. I'm, I'm calling Avatar up on my Apple TV. You can hear the. doesn't say anything so i don't know i don't know how to huh huh well anyway, yeah, i don't know i i, anyway. I, I, I the only thing i was wondering about that and they didn't talk about it in the article is when when they get these movies uh there's some standard formats i guess at least on off of dvds mm-hmm. and and there have been movie formats uh that presumably handle 3d on uh, in the digital world yeah um, and, and I'm assuming that the Apple systems are compatible with those standards. I don't know. Yeah, I have several 3D um, Blu-rays, and I have – they quit selling TVs that do 3D, but I have one of them that still did it. It was uh, uh, with uh, goggles, you know, with not goggles, but with glasses, so I could sit and watch it in 3D. And I've got, I don't know, maybe, you know, 10 or 12 movies that I intentionally bought in 3D that I thought would be good 3D movies, you know? I mean, not every movie makes sense for that. But, you know, sometimes some of those things that have, like, panoramic things or, or you know, space movies where th- you you can sense the depth and the, and the size of the spaceships and stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, so I bought a couple of them just to, to look at. And then I bought one be- that was totally nostalgia for me. I don't know if you remember, but I think I was in high school. I may not. I may have been even before I was in high school. There used to be. It's no longer there. Um, they built a different theater. But down by the Inland Center Shopping Center in San Bernardino, California, there used to be a theater across the street from what's now big lots used to be pick and save and uh on a a corner yeah it was kind of on a corner and we went and saw a movie called coming at you and it was 3d (laughs) and it was was... a it was a western and it was the world's worst western yeah it was terrible movie but literally anything they could stick into the screen i think in every scene they were trying to prove their name that something was coming at you and they took advantage of that 3d you know whether it was a, a spear or a tree branch or a woman's bosom or a foot or a, you know uh, throwing fruit i mean there was just all kinds of stuff coming at yeah. you in every single scene and the movie was terrible and this was that old bad 3d where you had to wear <laughs> the blue and the red uh 
glasses, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was terrible technology, terrible movie, but it was 3D, and we just <clears> thought <throat> it was kitschy, and so you, we didn't... I think we went in with pretty low expectations, and they were met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said the name, I recognized it. Yep, yep. I actually own that on DVD in 3D, and it came with some of the red and blue glasses, so you could sit and watch it. Uh, was in, there was there a scene? Was there a scene of a gun barrel coming out between the two saloon doors? And, oh yeah, yeah. And, the, and the barrel ended up right in front of your nose. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that one. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, there was they just like I said, just anything you can imagine that they could have, like you know sticking in your face through the 3d technology they did you know regardless of what the plot line was it didn't matter it is just yeah. stick something out at the at the audience <laughs> I, I think that that almost takes the, the prize for the worst movie ever i think it's got to be right there in the running i know <laughs> that historically they have called attack of the killer tomatoes is the one that that is often oh. listed as the worst uh 3d movie ever which by the way my wife knows most of the people in that movie it was filmed in san diego when she was uh in grade school and she knew most of the people behind that it was done as a fundraiser for a local politician down there and he would roll it out and you know, people would come and laugh at it, how bad it was. Uh, you know, it sort of became an underground hit because it was so terrible. Um, but I, I tell you what, coming at you has got to be right there. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've seen them both, and they were both just miserably bad movies. Man. Yeah. Um, but how, uh, how about the, the Jurassic Park stuff? Is it any, I didn't see any of those. Did you see them? Oh, yeah, I've seen the Jurassic Park movies. Those are excellent movies. And and they were good 3D? Uh, well, you know, I mean, that was early attempts at 3D. They were fine. At least in the, in those, in those cases, they, you know, I mean, Spielsberg was behind it. And so it, they were telling a good story. Yeah. You know, so the, the story was done well. The, the cinematography was done well. The 3D was an afterthought as opposed to being the whole reason for making the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, the one that they used as an example was James Cameron's Avatar, and a large portion of that is animated. And that's done in, in this, you know, this imaginary world on another planet in jungles and, and where they have these like floating islands that, that defy gravity. And, and, right. and as a result, I think that probably, um, I saw that in the theaters in 3D, and that made a lot of sense. I'll tell you one that I, I regret seeing in 3D. I went and saw, um, it's, I think the Regal chain has something they call 4D. And, uh, my brother and I, Tobin and I went and saw, uh, a Godzilla movie in 4D. And what the fourth D is, is Sensorama. Every oh. set of four, they, they, they had four sets of chairs grouped together. And the chairs would tilt and shake and boom and tilt forward and tilt backward and they'd spray mist in your face and you know and <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh uh you know every time Godzilla took a step imagine in a Godzilla movie the whole theater shook and our chairs would shake us you know <laughs> I'm like don't go there directly after lunch is all I can say if you ever have the chance to go see 4D it was a load of fun. But, uh, you know, in a very limited sense, it's not something I ever want to do, uh, you know, for a lot of movies. There's a few movies that maybe that would be fun for. But holy moly, it turned it into a circus ride, you know. Mm, yeah. But 
it um, was exaggerated to a point. Yeah, yeah. You know, like maybe one of the Top Gun movies where you're flying in a jet or something, you know, and you get the rumble. That might be fun. But, but uh, you know, when a... I was thinking a NASCAR movie you know, or something, too. 800-foot you know? or 1,000-foot tall, you know, dino monster is walking <laughs> and you're getting your your teeth rattled um you know it's like okay well i get it that's kind of realistic but uh you know uh, after the first 10 minutes you're like okay i'm done with this <laughs> i want something i want something a little less shaky um yeah. you know I, I imagine there's people who get up and walk out or people who uh, end up with headaches from being rattled yeah. in there so much but uh, anyway, 3D, 3D technology has gotten much better. And, of course, the idea of doing it through a pair of goggles like the Apple Vision Pro, I think, is going to make that something that is not only, um, uh, you know, better, but actually sort of the norm. You know, I think that you'll expect mm-hmm. to see things in there in 3D vision. In fact, uh, I think that, uh, you know, they said that the iPhone can start taking um, – uh, videos that way uh, with what the next version that comes out 17.2 of iOS they're going yeah. to enable that for the cameras I think it's the pro cameras only but uh, I yours, they, yours should work then, yeah right? mine should work I actually I'm not actually certain on that so don't quote me it might be on 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 all the phones but I think it's the pro phones but I hope that they also allow you to do 3d stills because uh, like you and I have talked about before you know the there was Something magical about the old Viewmasters, and this would then duplicate that. Yeah. yeah. You know? And in fact, um, I know there's people who are trying to decipher the encoding system that Apple uses for their 3D images and video. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they are able to figure that out and that there will be an app for that because uh, I have one of those little uh, headset things that you put your phone into that was based on like what they called what was it Google Cardboard. Yeah. Um, but mine's a little <laughs> bit nicer plastic one that I bought for 20 bucks or something. And there's some 3D stuff out there and there's some 3D like Viewmaster still pictures that you can download to look at. And it's it's pretty cool technology that you could do just with your phone if you just wanted to view the 3D stuff. I'm all for that. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I, I have fond memories of every trip that we ever took to Colorado. We'd pick up mm-hmm. some of those little discs and, yeah. and watch them for a long time after that. Yeah, professional Please. quality photos in 3D so you could, you know, see the Grand Canyon or, you know, see the and And uh, it, was like be, it was like being there. I mean, it yeah. really it was a, fun, a big, big improvement over just standard 2D. Yeah, so. yeah. Just looking at a piece of you know a photograph printed on a piece of paper, yeah. uh, it just was. And because it was you know a film type of thing where light came in through the backside, it was illuminated and just had a much more intensity in the in that, the colors yeah. and stuff too. Yeah, that facilitated the uh, quality of the right. Yeah. So anyway, one can hope. We'll see. I guess they're saying that the Vision Pro is now estimated to be available sometime in March. So I, w- I was wondering, I, I've been seeing more and more commercials from the uh, 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 Facebook, what's our company's name? Uh, oh, yeah, it's um, uh, Quest. Anyway, Quest yeah. 3 is. Yeah, is their, their new thing. Oculus Quest. Um, I guess Oculus was the company they acquired. I don't think they still use the name Oculus, but the Quest no, is I, the name of the product line, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I've read that it's actually quite good, too. And frankly, given the price difference, I think there's probably going to be a lot of people who are going to look at the two and say, you know, I can't afford the $3,500 deluxe model that Apple sells that I have to wait for because they're back ordered. But I can go get this one, you know, down at my Best Buy for a more reasonable price. And it's pretty darn good. I'll just do that. Yeah, you know? I, I was wondering if, it, well, they're probably packaged, so you can't even put them on and try them out. But the store selling them ought to have at least one so that you could take a look at it before <laughs> yeah. you buy it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. They would have to do some sort of modified version where you have like a little tear-off thing that covers your face so that you're not, you know. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, they'd get pretty grungy, I imagine, with everybody's, you know, face grease stuck on the pads on the, you know, the the yeah. foam. But uh but yeah, you know, I, I'm afraid that because of their price point and, you know, I think Apple is going to be able to differentiate quite a bit and say, hey, this is, you know, like they're, they're using the term spatial computing. This is spatial computing. The Oculus Quest is more of a, you know, viewing device with much less functionality. But the big question is, is, is that enough functionality at the price point? Because I think a lot of people are going to look at that $3,500 for the Vision Pro and go, eh, can't do it, you know? Oh, they'll come. Out, they'll definitely come out with a consumer version. Yeah. Uh, at some point. Yeah. Uh, you know. And the, in fact, I, I, I think it'll definitely. It won't. It it'll follow the developers' capability. Sure. But uh, but not by much, because yeah. the developers are going to want customers to buy some products, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because they seem to be uh, positioning this as a, like, ex- uh, a iPad Pro Pro, you know, or an iPad, iPad Pro Plus, because it runs all of the iPad software right out of the gate, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's basically an iPad with a just different type of screen instead of a instead of a touch screen it's a virtual touch screen you yep. know and you can write stuff specifically for it which i you know and, and it, until we have it in hand it's hard to say like what's the difference you know and yeah. and what's the the killer app i mean is it is it $3500 in order to basically get a a way to watch movies that's better uh, you know i i i just don't know you know right. it's it's I'm sure they have an idea of what they think it's going to be. But, you know, when they came out with the Apple Watch, they thought it was going to be something that it turned out not to be. And it basically turned out to be a, a health device, which is fine. It's a good one. Uh-huh. But, you know, that wasn't kind of what their initial vision for that for the watch was. You know, early on, they were talking about it being sort of a wrist computer. Well, you know? the, the thing that I am most disappointed in is the fact that uh, they all look the same there's not nearly enough uh appearance difference you know like you if you're going to design some some uh jewelry or something you you know people want distinctive oh you're talking about the watch yeah the watch itself right you yeah know, uh that the, the, they should it's just awfully plain and it is you know. it is but what i'm saying is is that I, I i was just making the comparison between the watch and the and the vision pro in that it doesn't seem to me that they've done a very good job yet of defining exactly what the vision pro is going to be i mean spatial computing is the closest thing i've seen and i just don't know that that's compelling you know well there's a downside too how many people really want to sit around with a thing on their head yeah 
that apparently is, you know, not light. I mean, it'll get lighter in subsequent versions and stuff. Yeah. You know, but to make it lighter, you know, what features are you going to cut out? If you do that, then what's the difference between your device and, and you know, the the Quest? Yeah. You know, I just, it's, it's going to be real interesting to see where they go with it and what happens and what's compelling. And, you know, I have absolute faith that, that Apple, you know, given their seem of lack of dollar and cents constraints and based on just what they demoed is mm-hmm. it, it's going to be, you know, substantially more than anything we else we've seen in this arena, uh, right. at least consumer available, you know, maybe in, in the private sector and for military and stuff, they probably have, you know, things that are, you know, match that if not uh, exceed it. But, uh, but, you know, that's at $10,000 a pop or more. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's, but as a consumer product, you know, I just, I don't know. We'll see. You know, it's, there's also, you know, there's, there's a lot of concern, at least in the media about rumored constraints in terms of production. And yet, remember, there was lots of, oh, they're, they're not going to put out the, uh, the A3 or the M3 chips M3. because, because there's, you know, not enough production capability. And lo and behold, they just introduced a whole bunch of computers with the M3 chips. So sometimes I think some of that, uh, yeah, channel information is just flat out wrong, you know? Yeah. Or people trying to hurt Apple, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, if the production is such that it takes, you know, they, they can only produce X number a month, what they may not be telling you is is that they actually started producing these things three years ago, right? They've got a bunch of them ready to go, the, the chips anyway, right? I mean, yeah. it's they, they could be further ahead of stuff than, they, than they're willing to let on on a lot of things. So, um, you know. Anyway, I think it's interesting. Well, you know, I, I'm excited to see it come out. I'm not excited to go purchase one. That's just <laughs> too much. You know, I when the first iPad came out, the very first one, I got it, and I still have it. Yeah. And the thing is heavy and clunky and slow. Yeah. And and the second one that came out, they completely redesigned the the body of it, and it was a it, that was a hundred percent better product. And so I'm a little gun shy to go out and buy, you know, device number one at that price. Cost that, exactly. You know, I didn't mind spending that much money for the first watch because I said, you know, if the second watch is significantly better and redesigned, oh well. (laughs) It was it was three hundred bucks. You know, this is ten times that. So, um, you know, so. It's always exciting to have some new stuff on the horizon uh, because I, it, it, it's something that, that you can really want. Yeah. Know, but still, it's just not worth the, the price. Yeah. So uh, it looks like the European Union is finally putting enough pressure on, on, on Apple in terms of how they're writing their laws that Apple can't dance around it anymore, and they're going to have to open up the uh, iPhone to sideloading apps from stores other than the Apple App Store in the first quarter of 2024. At least that's the current yeah. current thinking. Um, now, you know, just because Apple's being forced to do that in the EU doesn't mean that we're going to be able to do it here. Um, and... You know, Europe tends to look at um, at the balance between individual rights and company rights differently than the U.S. does. 
So I'm not even sure that we have the right climate to try to create such a law here at all, much less, you know, right away. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I put it up here just because of the fact that it's been, they've been fighting it for so long. They really they have. Finally, yeah. Uh, they finally have caved for whatever reason. And I guess it's, they're, they're going to lose business. You yeah. Know, it always comes down to the bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Now, now from a protection protecting themselves standpoint uh everything that's ever had a side load loaded into it they will know it yeah and and uh and therefore if that user uh who owns the device and Mm -hmm. uh ever comes to complain that something's wrong they'll say well that's because you side loaded this yeah yeah that's gonna be the first line of defense right regardless of what the problem is exactly you know you didn't follow the 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 rules we had laid out you decided to do something on your own that we're legally required to let you do but you know you screwed yourself but 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 you have to go to somebody else with your problems from (laughs) now on i think what would be hilarious and we'll see if they could do this because i don't know that it would be in violation of the law there is you know how like when we're texting if you text somebody uh from uh an android device you get a green bubble instead of a blue bubble right right so imagine if you sideload an app and it comes in and it's got a, a a green ring around the app so that every time you launch it, every time you look at it, you know that that was a side-loaded app because it didn't come from the App Store. Oh, I saw an article that says exactly that that's what's going to stay, that the green is going to stay. Oh, I know for the messages it is. That's a separate t- conversation. What I'm saying oh. is on the apps, on the icon, on the oh. app, on your, on your, on your device, yeah. everything that you sideload will have this bright green, you know, glow oh, around I, I it. Got, I got you. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that would be something, well, obviously they, you can't even sideload things right now, but I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Apple did something like that. It's like, you know, these are the, the cursed apps that came from an untrusted location. <laughs> Beware. Uh, yep. you know, put the, the oozing green goo color, you know, neon green <laughs> bar around it going, eh, you know, tap this, tap this at your own risk. That would be funny. That would be funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause like, Hey, we're letting them sideload, you know, we're just yeah. reminding them that these were sideloaded and possibly going to destroy their entire life. <laughs> By the way, it wasn't too long ago that I read about the fact that somebody has penetrated Apple security. <laughs> And uh, is and uh, both your mom and I have had something to suddenly pop up saying that uh, you're infected, you know, just like we used to have on the uh, the cursed Windows thing. The reason I left Windows, really? Yes, same huh. kind of stuff. And uh, she had, and she and I always miscommunicate. Anyway, I didn't respond to her app like I did to mine. I didn't know I was on a live page because she had taken (laughs) photos. But then I handed it back to her, and she switched to the live app, and I didn't know that. And she says, you have to push the button. And I says, this is a photo. And I pushed the button before I realized that Uh. she she told me that, no, that was the live app. She says, I don't want you to ever push a button. That's not the way I responded. I just turned off the whole app and and eliminated it from the device and rebooted. Right. You know? And I did it fairly quickly, uh-huh. so all the quickness. So was this working. was, uh, you say app. It was an app or was it uh, a web page? It, it, it was just a pop-up. And, you know, she just uh-huh. happened to be on a particular, I don't think it matters where it is. Right. But it, 
it always comes up sounding like it's from Apple, but it doesn't. It's not convincing to me. Right. Something doesn't okay. look right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I wish it had happened while I was there so I could have seen it because I don't know what it is. Maybe well, you can send me the, the, the screenshot. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm curious. If, if she hasn't wiped them out by now. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're saying that, that uh, you know, on the, on the Mac, Apple has a uh, uh, function called Gatekeeper. And it basically says, hey, these apps have been signed by a known developer. And and make sure that you're running trusted software and you can turn it off, but you have to actively do that for each app. If you want to if you want to download an app or run an app the first time, that's not a trusted app, you know, and so that way it's registered developers each get their own little like code that they embed in their apps. And mm-hmm. Apple can say, well, even if you didn't get it from our app store, at least it's from an, a, a trusted developer. Um and they they're saying that that will probably come to iOS because it's you know an iPad OS because it's it's been on Mac OS for a while and that's part of what they do to try to keep things secure and so uh, I, oh, I, I, I I expect they'll follow the same policy in Europe. Yeah, I think they'll follow that same ding, thing that you know they've been doing it on the Mac for a long time. They'll just add it to iOS and just say, yep. you know. At least they can they can warn you that hey this is not a trusted developer this is not a registered developer we can't you know <laughs> be very cautious about downloading something from somebody we don't know who they are yeah. Uh, so yeah it'll be interesting to see that so well this is this is basically uh from from Apple's perspective kind of a war with. Uh, software suppliers that aren't necessarily uh, cooperative. Right. You know, they, they want a part of the uh, game because there's so many customers out there. It's such a big marketplace. Yeah. Uh, but they're not necessarily the, the, the trustworthy kind of business that you sure. want to with. Well, and, and, you know, there are some developers who say, but I don't want to use Apple's development tools. And so, yeah. you know, that means that they're not going to be, you know, the app won't be signed by Apple because it wasn't, you're not using Apple's development tools. And so who knows, you know, um, but, you know, you just advise caution, you know, I, I, you can, you can go desperately wrong you know, and, and yeah. things can get really bad really quick or things can go okay. You know, you just, but anyway, for some time, uh, I've been aware of the fact that, uh, that this stuff is going on in the Apple world now. Yeah. And it's, it's disheartening because that's how I got here in the first place to avoid that crap. Yeah. Well, especially on the phone because, you know, the phone is such a big target. There's so many people using it. Um, you know, and Apple's been really, really tight on that. In fact, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating to see governments telling Apple, no, sorry, we know you've been really tight, and that's one of the things that people like about your thing, but we're going to screw it up for you and make you take software from other places, you know, yeah. and Apple's going to, you know. And it's going to be the same old that. problem. But I think they're going to make it as difficult as possible, and, and, and they're going to make it non-obvious, you know, so it's like most people never use a different email app or a different messaging app or a different um, uh, browser because – the default ones work fine. And I think right. most people are not going to download apps somewhere else because the app store works fine. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. scary is, is that they will send, you know, you're going to get links saying, Hey, go get this app here. And then, you know, the Apple's going to pop up a dialogue box saying, you know, you, you have to unlock that if you want to do that. And people are, then people are going to do it because they're not going to think, wait a minute, 
you know, and Apple's going to do everything they can to make sure that they raise red flags and say, hey, wait, you know, that this link is taking you somewhere that that's going to download well, you, stuff on your device. You see, that's the problem with these other people trying to play like they're uh, a nice playing nice, you know, when when it pops up on your screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the way Apple would do it. Right. You know, and so right away you're saying that's not Apple telling me that. Yeah. You know. And therefore, I don't want you to do anything, and I don't want to authorize anything through pushing any buttons. You know, I just want to go away. Yeah. And I'll make it go away in the best way I know how. You know, that's the way I, I view it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I wonder how many people know how to, like, actually kill the process, you know, running in the background on an iPhone. No, you know, no they don't. They don't know that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I showed mom, and I yeah. showed her before, but she forgot. And, you know, yeah. it's... I was just saying, my my family knows pretty well, but uh, you know, they they all kind of grew up with that tech. At least my daughters did, and my wife's got. She's actually. It's funny because she, you know, she says she's not technical, and yet she's so much more technical than the average person, just because. Yeah, you know, she, she's, lives, she, she lives, lives nearby. <laughs> exactly. So you know, and, and and so yeah, you know, it's it's. She, she, you know, I used to use her sort of as a sounding board for like, you know, will this work for somebody who doesn't understand tech? And I can't anymore because she understands too much tech, you know. So um, Google News, Google has upgraded maps to uh, use AI with five new features. So, um, you know, I think we're going to continue to see more and more of this kind of headline, you know. This clearly... uh, highlights why Apple has to get out there quick with the AI themselves mm-hmm. uh, because uh, in, in these kinds of apps, it makes a difference. Yeah. I think, though, that, you know, Apple has is doing a lot of AI stuff in the background, but they don't view AI as a product. They, they view it as a feature of products right now. And that's, yeah. you know, and they do that with a lot of technologies. There's a lot of technologies that aren't products. They're just features of products. And sure. so you'll see it in lots of different things. And so, uh, you know, it, it, and they'll look at what, what Google's doing and say, does that make sense or do we have a better way? Yeah. You know, this kind of flyover AI cartoony look of stuff is kind of interesting. Yeah, it is because when you get close to your uh, location, it's always good to be feel like you're oriented, uh, you know. And and if you have mm-hmm. some idea of what what's there, it doesn't take you very long to figure out where you really are. In fact, they show a picture here with a little arrow, yeah, uh, on this thing, and I, I presumably that's where you are. I, I don't know, but uh, or. Yeah. Well, they say you also can get a um, uh, street level view so you can actually see, like, look down at your phone and be able to see what you're supposed to see out your window. You know, hey, that building should be on the right and that, you know, and and that gives you a very good sense of, okay, here's where I am with the little blue line drawn on the road in front of you. Yeah. you know that's that's the 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 goal of of or one of the goals of having smart smart glasses. Up, oh, we knew it was coming. I'm, I'm in here with Todd, honey. Well, thanks for locking the damn door. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we maybe we'll have to blank that part out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy, I do it every time. Yeah. So. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. it's just a bad habit. Yeah. I uh I know what you mean though. Uh my wife is a is a uh, habitual door locker, you know, if she just if she sees a door that's unlocked, she just locks it. And uh and so if she happens to be up and see it, you know. Yeah. So every once in a while I'll come walking up to the house, you know, like I've been out in my shack, I'll come walking back to the door and it's gotten locked. Uh, you know, if she was out and came in while I was gone, she'll lock it. So So, but that's all right. So yeah. Added EV charging station info to their maps. I think that's already in Apple. Actually, I thought it was in Google too. I'm not sure what that's, how that's any new, any news there. Uh, oh, I forgot what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. We we're that's talking about Google's maps and the things that they've added. Uh, they, uh, so they've, they, by using the AI, they're trying to do like look aheads on your thing to tell you which lane to get into. Again, they already do that, that Mike Garman did that, you know, 10 years ago. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of this stuff there's, that they're supposedly. A lot of help and- I just don't know how this stuff works, you know, differently than it already worked because some of this stuff is, had already existed. Yeah. So, well, we haven't, neither one of us been Google map users in a long time. So. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. What that what that one looks like versus I I use it every once in a while and and my wife is a dedicated Waze user so I'm in you know when I'm in the car she uses that if she's driving Mm -hmm. Um, you know I tend to use Apple Maps primarily but I you know I use Google and I use Waze every once in a while Um, you know particularly if if I'm not every once in a while with 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 maps and i'm going to say all maps not just apple maps something just doesn't quite look right in the way it's trying to get you somewhere and so you know i try a different map system and see if that makes a change that that fits me better especially because most of the time i'm using maps i'm using it here where i live and i kind of know where i want to go i just am getting you know i want to see what the traffic's like and see if i want to take an alternate route and that kind of thing you know what is my eta I think I've shared before I have a um a shortcut that I can trigger with a uh, a tap on my phone in the car or I can just tell it hey I'm going home you know hey shlomo I'm going home and yeah. it will automatically uh call up the maps send me to going home get what the ETA is and then email my wife and say you know hey I'm I'm going to be home soon here's my ETA and tell yeah. it to her so that you know Sure. Anyway, I, I think that Kurt's takeaway, Kurt's the author of the article that we're looking mm-hmm. at, uh, has a key point here. He says, you know, some of this stuff is nice to help you avoid traffic jams and all of that. But remember, nothing comes for free from Google Maps because they collect a lot of data from you for its own purposes. So that's the key yeah. issue right there as to whether you want to go in and try some of this. Uh, and the reason why both you and I yeah. avoid Google stuff. Yeah, yeah, because they say mind your privacy settings and what you share with Google. The thing is, is if you if you cut it all the way down to where it matches what you know what Apple has, uh, then they it doesn't function. Yeah, you know, and it's designed that way. You know, you have to give them something about your information, which is you know you decide whether it's a fair trade. But but you know, it's you know yeah yeah so, I'm with you. We we were on the same page. Same. That's just a sort of the bottom line of all of this, and I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to see that uh, there's some competition for uh, Apple, you know, so that uh, uh, 
some new features that just might work better than what Apple has will cause them to upgrade, you know? Yeah. So it's it's always good for everybody to have a little nudge every once in a while, including Apple. Yeah. So. So um, apparently Apple is uh, finally planning to put some cellular modems into laptops. And, you know, they, they bought out Intel's cellular modem functionality or group a long time ago, and they've still not been able to make a cellular modem that works well enough to put it into a phone. But uh, I, from what I've been able to read and gather, and this is all, of course, just rumors, is that part of the issue is that their the power draw and the heat uh, generated on their modems is not as good as what they can buy from Qualcomm, which is why they're still using Qualcomm in the phones, but that they're going to probably start testing their stuff you know, by putting it into a laptop because it's got plenty of battery and plenty of cooling capability. And so... Um, uh, you know, they'll they'll put their own modems there first, and then from that they'll try to learn and refine to see if they can get them to where they are uh, efficient enough to run than in smaller devices. Yeah. So. Uh, it's, it's not clear to me what the issue has been for all these years uh, that Qualcomm mm-hmm. has got something protected in a way that uh, uh, Apple has to work around it, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of what I've read is that, you know, it's not that it can't be done. It's just that, you know, they're trying to find a way to do it without uh, having to pay licensing fees back to Qualcomm. Because <laughs> yeah. Qualcomm has basically said the licensing fees <clears throat> cost the same as buying a modem from us. So you might as well buy a modem from us. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And Apple took them to court over that. And then when they could, didn't have an alternative, they had to go back to Qualcomm. So they basically said, okay, let's settle. You so, know, uh, to the average user, it, probably doesn't make a a what a big difference other than if apple could do it they could integrate it with some of their other stuff and probably save some space and and of course that's always yeah a, a positive uh, well maybe not always but not most yeah of the time. yeah well the thought is is that you know you, you would see some of the same kind of benefits that they've seen by starting to make their own uh cpus and gpus and things like that so right um but uh you know it's uh, it's not a trivial thing to go and make uh, something, especially when somebody's got a whole bunch of, of patents on their designs that you can't, well, can't break. First mover advantage, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know people have said multiple times, too, is like, well, why doesn't Apple just go buy out Qualcomm? And, and I'm sure that Apple's looked at that and said, nah. It's we'll we'll keep working this way. It's you know as irritating as it is to have to pay them for modems. That's still you know, but if the, you're, the better business direction but, is to do that. But, but if you kind of push for the small guy, you know, let's mm. face it, everybody started out small to begin with. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's good that there's that there is a way to protect what you've done. You know? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know. I think also the other thing about Apple buying Qualcomm is Qualcomm is one of the major manufacturers of ARM chips for other devices. Mm-hmm. And so the government might have an issue with Apple buying up, you know, a direct competitor uh, in building ARM chips, Yeah, you know, to shut off access to good ARM chips for, you know, people who cell phones and, and, uh, uh, and other devices that use, um, use those kind of, cpus so yeah yeah i know i know it's not tech but i just had a little pop-up uh, i think came through and it says uh uh alert 
uh, Iran warships near Israel. Do so anyway. Something's going well, on in the world that's scary. Yeah, well, let's continue to pray for for uh, a re- resolution and peace there, because that's just a nasty, nasty situation. Yes, it is. So we alluded to earlier green bubbles, and uh, Apple has been pushing off adopting a more modern messaging system that a lot of your uh, carriers, you know, T-Mobile and Verizon and AT&T, have all been supporting for a while. And originally it was uh, a – it's called RCS, and it's uh, Rich Communication System, and it's supposed to replace SMS, which is Simple Messaging System. And RCS allows – a uh, better interchange of like photos and, and attachments and sound files and things like that, that SMS just doesn't support. And uh, Apple has fought RCS for quite a while, but apparently they're going to finally cave and, and bring that to, uh, to iMessages. Um, but uh, uh, somebody had pointed out that, you know, the, the green bubbles will finally be gone, and and I, Apple hasn't said anything, obviously, but I think they're completely wrong. Apple's still going to say, this is a message coming from a non-Apple device. It's going to go in a green bubble. Yep, I you think know, you're right. We're, we're going to stigmatize you still because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Apple uh, continues to add features to iMessage that aren't supported by RCS so that there'll still be a reason for people to want to use iPhones for messaging because I think that's a major um, oh, yeah. selling that's point big... for especially the you know high school age kids or first first users, first adopters. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, in high school and college, Apple phones are like 80 plus percent of the users and a large portion of it is, is because they can do group messages and stuff through iMessage very easily. So, well, and, and really when the bottom line is on, on all these devices that they basically compete at the, at the functional level, things that they can do that Mm -hmm. others can't do, you know, and uh, especially, and, and, and all features aren't, equal in terms of value yeah uh, so uh again it's it's the guy who can can satisfy the customer's needs yep. best yeah so uh, yeah and i don't know if you've ever experienced that but i i used a uh, an android phone for a while and i've got some friends who are on android phones and when you send them photos that you've taken uh very often they get a very small thumbnail of low resolution version of that photo that they can't really zoom in on it's garbage Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Ooh. and that's largely because it's going over an SMS connection that's not designed to handle that. And that's one thing that RCS will help is you know when you send pictures and things to people on uh, on yeah. Android phones that they will be able to see them you know in all their glory. Huh? Wonder why? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you notice either, but I, I when I get pictures from my friends who have Androids. Yeah, they like the weirdest aspect ratios. I get these long, skinny photos that don't, you know. And being a photographer, I'm used to certain like a four three type <laughs> aspect ratio, and I get these weird, long, skinny photos. Um, uh, yeah. Oh. So hopefully some of this oh, will all be, be fixed. That's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's something that uh, actually it hurts the Apple user too. You know, it does. It does, and I think that's why Apple's finally saying, okay, 
you know, there's a technology that has that used to be Google, but Google has now handed it over to a standardizing body and and as a result then the the carriers have all picked it up as a new standard so you know it's it's time to finally support it and and i think that's probably the right call um you know so time will tell time will tell yeah so um so apparently, not only is it uh, uh, cellular modems, but Apple is has uh, also working on their own camera sensors. They're doing custom battery design and their own Wi-Fi and Bluetooth chips, which right now I believe are Broadcom, uh, which makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, when somebody says this, this is from uh, Mark Gurman, and so you know he's. He's uh, just pointing out that all of the the bits and pieces are eventually something that they want to try to do themselves as much as possible. You know, I bet you. The, I, I bet you these cameras will be high end cameras. Oh so yeah, they, take, they, they want to take advantage of the optics that you get if you buy if you sell something and it's truly a camera, right? But but with the, all the enhancements that they've learned to do with uh, software, you still can't get there sometimes without. Improving the, the real optics. Yeah, working on the two together. I yeah. suspect too that this is a lot to do with um, uh, 3D imaging, right? The the yeah. use, is supporting the Vision Pro. In fact, yeah. I think it's it's going to be interesting to see. I, I was listening to another podcast where they were they were uh, talking about the possibilities of Apple changing up the um, the way the cameras are aligned on the device. To get a more true uh, 3D spacing between the sensors, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Although I think Apple's doing it with a combination of a standard and a wide-angle lens, and that the wide-angle lens, if you crop just the far left-hand side of the wide-angle lens, and then the right, use the other side as the right. I think yeah. you know you're getting that aspect ratio, and you can do you know um, aspect correction. In software, so that it doesn't look distorted because you're using a wide-angle lens. I, you know, I think you can you can fake having something that's further apart. You know, your your oh, your sensors yeah, further apart pretty well. Yeah, you you can, but they they pushed most of that just about to the limit. Yeah, and and along with that, usually comes some side effects that you don't like. So the, yeah. the right answer, the real right answer, is you just decide to sell cameras. And the cameras could have phones built into it as well. You just yeah. refer to it as as my Apple camera. Yeah. And and you get with that these lens features and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, and you basically have the same as an iPhone. That's essentially what they're doing now, though. They're selling cameras that happen to be phones and messaging devices. Right. You know. I mean, it's it's you know what it's you awful. call it is is sort of irrelevant at this point. It's just the emphasis. Yeah. You know, at least. I think that, you know, you can do a lot of things digitally after the fact, but the closer you can get it to being optically what you want right up front, you know, with the actual physics of the optics, the better off you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, uh, if they start taking uh, camera lenses and spreading them further apart so that they can get closer and closer to actual, you know, the what they call the interocular distance, the distance between the center of both of you, the pupils in your eyes. Yeah, you know. Well, um, in terms of physical form of these things, I'm not, I'm seeing these cam- so-called homegrown cameras as being a phone, except that 
because it's a camera now and it's be a 3D camera, mm-hmm. is that it will have the lens at each end of of the uh, of the device. Right. right. Yeah, well, I think they're they're big enough now that you you know most people's eyes wouldn't even stretch the full length of the unless you've got a really big head. Um, That's right. You know, it's but yeah, yeah. I I could see a a like a ridge running down one side of it, and they put the cameras in there. Um, you know, and that gives yeah. you something to kind of hold on to when you're holding your device, which makes it easier for them to continue to get rid of of. Uh, the edges around the the glass, right? Because right, right now it's getting to the point where you can't pick it up without accidentally touching something. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I very regularly, especially when I'm in the messages, um, lift my phone up from like the top of the phone and my thumb accidentally touches the glass and I scroll to the uh, top of the message list from somebody, uh, you know, and it's like, yeah. well, I now I'm way up at the top, you know, and that's like, um, you know, two months ago messages or sometimes more. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, uh, I have found, though, that if you uh, touch in the text area, the typing area, it'll yeah. zoom zooms you back down to the bottom. But, uh, you know, it's very disconcerting to suddenly see you're looking at a bunch of old text. You know, like, wait a minute, where am I? You know, what's going on? Yeah. What do you so, think custom batteries would be? I don't know. I think maybe that's different battery chemistry. I think they, like everybody else, have been exploring that, you know, and a lot of that has been rumored to be part of the Apple car. But. You know, they they sell a whole bunch of battery powered devices, so that same technology could be used, you know, in in phones and laptops and in watches. And you know, Apple will if they if they decide to try something, they'll try it in something that's a lower volume product than the iPhone, right? It'll start off in a you know an iPad Mini or a watch or a, or a you know. Uh, you know, um, a, a MacBook Pro instead of a MacBook Air, right? Because, you know, they sell three of those to every, you know, 300 MacBooks and 3,000 phones, right? Right. Yeah, well, being a technology company, they there's probably uh, lots of ways that they can compete in the battery market, is, mm-hmm. you know, as well as in the camera market. Well, the camera market's almost been destroyed. <laughs> really has, you know. I mean, unless you're unless you're uh, really an enthusiast and and want something in the high end camera department, um, that's the only cameras that are sold now are the you know interchangeable lens high end yeah. cameras. Um, and uh, you know, I've done a little bit of travel this year, and I started off by always carrying my one of my. Uh, uh, you know, interchangeable lens cameras with me. And the last two trips, I have not used that. I've just used my iPhone 14 in one case and iPhone 15 in the other. And, you know, for at least casual travel photography, I can't imagine why I would want to carry a standalone interchangeable lens camera that's big and clunky and heavy. Um, yeah. you know, if I'm doing things for, you know, I, I'm sort of a photography hobbyist. And so, um, in doing, you know, if I want to go out to take photos for that, then I'm happy to use one of my other cameras. Sometimes it's just fun because I want to use that camera. You know, it's just fun to work with a different device. Right. But uh, but if I'm saying, you know, what's the end result of the quality of the image and and you know not having the distraction of of you know playing with the device? Yeah. Most of the time, the right answer is going to be use my phone. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, I didn't know that uh, that there were separate Wi-Fi Bluetooth chips. Mm-hmm. Did you Did you know that? Yeah, a couple different little radios in there, 
And I, I think that they've got one chip that it kind of integrates them. It's a combined Wi-Fi Bluetooth chip that they buy from Broadcom right now. But they want to replace that. Yeah, Qualcomm does the, the cellular radio and Broadcom does the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth radios, at least in the current generation. I think that has changed back and forth over time. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was that time, I can't remember which phone it was, which generation, I think it might have been the iPhone 5, iPhone 6, something like that, where they had, some of the phones had Qualcomm cellular modems and some had Intel cellular modems. It was pre-going to 5G, because mm-hmm. when they went to 5G, Qualcomm stuff was clearly better. And in fact, the complaint was at the time that Apple was actually slowing down the Qualcomm modems so that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two because their spec basically was met by the Intel modem, but the Qualcomm modem exceeded that. And so Apple was, you know, programmatically slowing down Qualcomm modems in order to make them all identical in terms of their, their, uh, communication speed. Yeah. Uh, you know, if something, you know, and that kind of thing leaks out, that just, that's a bad look. <laughs> it really yeah, is, yeah, yeah. you know, and then there was a bunch of people going, well, I want to make sure I get the one that has the Qualcomm modem, you know? So it was like, well, how do I get that part as opposed to the other part? Right. You know, I, I remember that, that, I don't remember which phone that was, but I remember that going around and there, there must be a different letter in the serial number or something. There was like. something, <laughs> there was an identifier that you could find out, you know, which one yours had. And, uh, and I remember going and checking mine and, uh, I don't remember which one I had imagine, even. Imagine standing in the store <laughs> looking at the phone and saying, nope, not this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Bring me the other one. I'm going to try another yeah. one. Bring me yeah. a different box. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Apple has that uh, return policy, right? Within two weeks, you can re- just keep returning it until you get the one you want. <laughs> yeah. I think there was probably people doing that. Um Anyway, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. I just stopped talking for a second. <laughs> it, the sudden silence, and I said, oops, did I break a, a you know, I, I'm trying to be careful to not yeah. twiddle with my uh, interface there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we had some issues in previous shows, too. We'll see if this if, if it's been resolved, where uh, somewhere in the recording, although it sounded fine to you and I when we were recording it, your voice dropped out, and so I've had to edit that. You know, I left it in in one spot because it was right near the end, and in another, it was like right in the middle of the show. So I edited out part of the show. Hmm. Um, but uh, well, I did something different this time. I have two thing, two plugs on the side of my computer, and mm-hmm. I and they're the same. I, and I swapped the, the what I used them for so that the one that's usually uh, affected most is just my connection to to uh to wi-fi mm-hmm. okay i've got it hardwired and and it kind of protects the other one from getting tweaked which because it's behind uh, in front of it uh, i don't know how to describe it but anymore anyway right it less less affected by me moving the computer around right so anyway i Sit perfectly still and hardly move your lips. Pretend like you're yeah. a ventriloquist while you're. So, so when it got quiet, the first thing that I thought of, whoops, did I push? Yeah, did, did, did something get shut off? Yeah, yeah. No, I just was pausing for a second. So uh, well, I was pausing because I found the, uh, an article that talked about it. It was the uh, iPhone series eight and ten that had Qualcomm and Intel modems 
or at least it was one of them. And they said that the Sprint and Verizon had the A1865 uh, uh, model, which was a Qualcomm modem, and that AT&T and T-Mobile had a A1901 model, which used Intel modems. And they said that the difference between, oh, the A, the the difference is that, oh, let's see, the most powerful version of the iPhone 10, depending on your carrier, may or may not have access. They said that the difference usually was if you were in a low signal area, the Qualcomm mm-hmm. modem was significantly better at picking up that signal and working than the Intel modem. And so if you if you happen to live in an area or be in an area where there was lower signal, then you definitely wanted the one that had the Qualcomm modem. Uh, but, uh, you know, at least they had the model numbers and they knew which one had which. But they said that the majority of them were based on which um, which uh, service provider you you were using. Although I wonder, you know, if you were going in and you bought the device separately without attaching it to a contract, which you could do, mm-hmm. then which one you got or if you could pick and choose. Say, I want this model. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 I want the 1865. I'm sure a lot of people mm. a lot of people said that. I wonder if it was such a big deal that people would switch from one to the other. Probably mm. not, you know. I think you, you, you – and now Sprint is T-Mobile, so they're the same, so – and this was the iPhone 10, so we're talking, you know, multiple versions back, six versions ago. Yeah. So the phone you just got rid of. It'd be interesting to see if, if uh, which model you had, right? But no way to know now. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, anyway, some, some guy, uh, the guy from Apple's head of security says side loading on the iPhone and iPad will not increase users' choices. I don't know quite what he means by that. I think what he's trying to say is that a developer who's going to develop will sell it on the on uh, through the App Store now, and you know that that same it's not going to bring new developers in by providing another store or another way to sell. The only new developers it might bring in is people who want to sell something that's going to do bad things to your phone. Right, because yeah. all, de- all the legitimate developers, if they want to develop, they're going to put it on, you know, yeah, one or the so, other. Right? I mean, it's not going to so increase might have their own marketing thing, so they don't have to pay the thirty percent tax, right? Right, but you know, Apple's going to say, well, if you're not paying the thirty uh, percent fee to use our store, then we're going to charge you a, you know, separate fee. Somehow, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're to have access to something. I mean, they're, they're not going to just give up the money completely either. They're going to find some way to to extract money from you, you yeah. know. And they may say legitimately, well, you know, we're we're not going to uh, charge you as much because we're not processing the credit cards, or you know, we're not hosting the uh, the um, Download on our servers, but you know they're, they're, you're still accessing our platform. And we're going to find a way to suck. Well, they, well they'll find, the, they'll find <laughs> the, the the strongest legal case they can make for the the charge. You know. Oh sure. They'll do yeah. it that way. Yeah, they'll do everything they can. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, um, I think that if if I'm selling software and and it's set up on my own server that I support and I do my own credit processing, I don't see how Apple can come back and charge me. You know, for anything. Right. 
Um, Now, you know, if I'm using their store, but I'm saying I want to do my own credit card processing, then they can still charge me for the, you know, the, the value of hosting it and everything. And, you know, the credit card processing is what? three to 5%. Something so, like so the yeah. other 25% they'll still charge me for, you know? Yeah. By the, by the way, speaking of those kinds of services, uh, they have a, uh, uh, you, you've, everybody's heard of GoFundMe and a lot of people have used it. Yeah. But I, but I went on the other day and, uh, they basically charge, uh, uh, what's half of 33%. Uh, that's, uh, Seventeen and a half, seventeen and a half percent, or something like that, charged mm-hmm. just just for uh, donating money to somebody, uh, and I, you know, and there were a lot of people who did that. But if you donate that that first for a hundred dollar donation, which just about everybody on this case was at least a hundred dollars, uh, and uh-huh. that's seventeen dollars, yeah, that, that, that you're paying to give somebody a hundred dollars, yeah. Now you know a simple stamp and an address. You could mail it to them. You know, mail them a stuff check, like yeah. that. But but most people don't. You know, yeah, I mean do that, that sounds like a lot. But at the same time, you know, the GoFundMe people have to pay developers to create the site and maintain the site, and they have to pay servers and and hosting costs to run the site that has thousands of people hitting it. You know, all all over the world daily. So yeah. I mean, I understand they've got to have some sort of a you know they can't do it all out of the goodness of their heart. So well, anyway, that how much is the right amount? Me, that just sounded to me so excessive. Yeah, that, that I'm I'm going to take an action so that uh, one of our uh, men's organizations at church is uh, I'm going to suggest that we do this provide this service so that instead of to go go fund me that right. we we can collect and uh, money for good causes which we do all the time anyway. Right. That's that's basically the. Re- the reason for the organization sure. and uh, and just make it more well-known. Yeah. So that- well, and, you know, you could set up a website through somebody like a um, – um, oh, shoot, what's the name of the website place that we use for our for our, our thing? I'm blanking on it. Um, but, you know, you could do a website that could collect money, and the only fees that you would pay would that you would need to cover would be the cost of hosting it, which is, you know, a few dollars a month. And then uh, – you know, whatever credit card fees there would be. So that'd be like, you know, three and a half percent or something to take a credit card, you know, and, and that way you could still do it and, and have the convenience of doing it online. But then you guys just manage it directly for the things that, that, you know, your group wants to support. Yeah. The, the, the only inconvenience for the person who wants mm-hmm. to make the donation is we have, uh, instead of just doing it electronically, mm-hmm. We we have a slot. Just put your stuff in an envelope and drop it into our slot. Sure. You know? Well, you and know, that's if you if you're physically there and you and you know, but there there is a convenience to doing things. You know, just click yeah. a button, do it online. That's all I'm saying is you could set it up. Squarespace, by the way, is the hosting site that I was thinking of. And so, you know, yeah. for for less than twenty dollars a month, you could have a website that can take payments and and. Uh, and you know, deposit it into an uh, automatically deposit it into account, and you could, you know, set up a website that lets somebody decide what it is that they wanted to donate the money to. So if you've got a couple different things going on, yeah, um, they can pick and choose. So but anyway, I I, I was uh, uh, really put off by that when I saw mm-hmm. what the charge was going to be. Yeah, yeah, seventeen seventeen percent seems pretty excessive. So anyway, 
I haven't done it yet. But uh-huh. I mean, I don't know what that company's overhead is, so I can't be critical. But oh, I, but the right. dollar, but the overall dollar <laughs> amount just seems like a lot. You're right. I I thought somewhere in the order of uh, half that mm-hmm. would be a sort of a max. You know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. If I if I take in a bunch of coins to the coin machine at the grocery store to turn it into dollars to get rid of a bunch of change. Yeah. You know, they only take 10 percent of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I thought that was kind of steep, but it's like, you know, it's because it's legal tender. But banks won't take all your coins anymore. So you can't walk in unless you sit down and hand roll them all first. And yeah. so there's a bunch of people who go, well, it's worth 10 percent for me not to have to sit down and roll a bunch roll of coins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and how many people have a, a jar or a bowl or a thing where they dump their change and eventually you just got a big pile of change there. They're just like, I need to get rid of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one thing I do with mine is I go through and I pick out the quarters cause they're big and easy. Yeah. And I, and yeah. so I, I keep the quarters, but yeah. the rest of it, eventually I haul it over to one of those change machines in the grocery store every few months or so. I'll, I'll, and know. a long time ago that I heard that it no longer made sense to make either pennies or nickels. Yeah. I mean, this costs, it costs us. Yeah. We lose uh, money on pennies. Money. It costs more than a penny to make pennies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's been the case for a long time. But every time the government says we don't want to make pennies anymore, there's an uproar. Yeah. So I think they're making fewer and fewer of them. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, and in fact, because of credit cards, uh, you know, if you pay the whole thing each time, you don't have, have any charges at all. Yeah. That, that digital payment is just so easy. Yeah. And you can get yeah. to the exact penny if you want there. But even even there, I just round well, off. I don't. <laughs> well, I've been to a couple large events in the last year, too, and virtually all big arenas and stuff say they're cashless now. Yeah. So they won't even accept cash. And in fact, a few of them have, uh, like a reverse cash machine. You go and put cash in and they'll give you a, you know, a, a Visa credit card right. with the dollar amount on it, you know, a one timer or, or a disposable card right. with the amount that you had on it so that you can go buy, you know, your refreshments or whatever because they don't, yeah. the, they don't want any of the vendors handling cash at all. Yep. You know, that became a big thing during COVID because, you know, even though we decided it was airborne later, initially we didn't know. So it was like, right. you know, we don't want to be handing around dirty money. But, and even if it's not COVID, there are other things that you hand around on these pieces of paper and coins that you keep in your pocket. But even with COVID, there were surfaces that could, you know, like on the top, you know, that you actually sure. not to touch because the, the droplets can land there and then you sure. still get them on your hand. and Yeah. So yeah, well, the little card reader at every grocery store has like a uh, a thing of plastic they put over the top of it now, so that they can spray it and wipe it down. Yeah, you know, because they had to. If they sprayed it without putting the plastic over it, then the water the the spray would get Go. down in the buttons and short out the device. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the card reading people were furious as that first hit, and people started cleaning the card readers, and all, suddenly everything oh. was getting shorted out. <laughs> right. Uh, Oh. Roll with the changes, man. Roll with the changes. Yeah. Well, we've been going for about an hour and 20 minutes. So I'll have to chop out about a minute there in the middle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I I think we've covered just about everything that uh, yeah. I'm aware of that's 
that's been going on. Yeah, I think so. You know, at least tech wise for the time being, I'm sure there's lots of other stuff, but at least we, we got another one in the can and we'll come back and do it again next week. And hopefully you're, you're, uh, you'll be feeling good and rested and your voice will sound good and, and we'll yeah, be, and I'll leave the doors unlocked. And... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll both be well fed post Thanksgiving. So, uh, so well, happy have a happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. To everyone. Then, yeah, likewise, oh. yeah. Have a great uh, holiday holiday weekend here. And if you're traveling, please travel safe. And and remember that, yeah, that that idiot who cut you off, but they're just trying to get to their family too. So just take a deep breath and go. Better yeah. to get there five minutes later than to than to, to end up in a crash somewhere. Or, or why waste all the energy, all that negative energy? Don't put it out in the world. Don't get angry at somebody. Just just go eh and keep on moving. That's you it. know, yeah, so uh, too too many excuses for anger out there these days. It just seems like it's no matter yeah. where you turn. Yeah, I actively avoid anything. You know, I got to say though too, I, I I don't tend to get you know. I mean, I get angry. I'm not like you know. I'm human, but I just you know, I'm I'm pretty easygoing. I think compared to some people, compared to some people that I'm very yeah. closely related to. <laughs> <laughs> well. There's, there's always some place and someone that's sure gonna lose it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I get it. You know, it can be frustrating, especially when you're out in traffic and stuff and trying to get somewhere. And it's like, you know, but you get there when you get there. Yeah. So, so anyway, God bless everybody. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll be back in a week. Bye. See, bye. see you later, Dad. Bye, Todd. Woo! <laughs>